0: Sit down and working? Wonderful. Well, praise the Lord. Well, good morning. My name is Jeremy Bennett. My wife, Jenea, and I are missionaries on deputation going to southern Brazil. We're excited the Lord's called us in that direction. Her parents, John and Nayla Yell, are already serving down there, but they're the only missionaries in a city of over half a million people. So there's a lot of work that still needs to be done, and we're so excited that God has called us to go and serve alongside of them in southern Brazil. The call of God, it's a big passion on my heart. God is calling people to service every single day. And I'm not just talking about the missionary call either. God has an infinite number of tasks that he could be calling you to do. He may be calling you to be a Sunday school teacher or calling you to be a faithful worker in a secular job, a faithful tither, supporter of the, of the church and the work of, of missions. He may be calling ladies to be a faithful housewife, calling men and women to be deacons and deacons' wives. He may be calling you just to be a faithful servant and he will make it known where he wants you to serve. But you know, it seems there is a lot of confusion in the world nowadays about the call of God. What is God's will for my life? What, what is God calling me to do? It, it seems that knowing the call of God and following God's will for your life... ...is one of the most confusing and uncertain things in life. People don't know what the call of God looks like or sounds like. So today we're going to be looking at an instance in the Bible... ...where God called someone who really didn't know God was calling him for a while. It took God three times of calling out his name... For him to finally answer and say for the Lord to speak and to use him. So we're going to turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 3. We have a young man serving in the temple, serving um, faithfully in the temple. And God calls him. And I want to use this story today as an example of someone who was called. And we can extract principles from this of what the call of God can look like for you. No one wants to be outside of God's will today, and I know that most saved Christians want to know what God's calling is for, for your life. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, there is a lot that is leading up to what is going on in this chapter, so I'm going to give a little bit of context about what's going on in the first two chapters before we read the text this morning. Samuel's been dedicated to the Lord through his faithfulness of his parents, especially his mother. They had left Samuel to serve diligently in the temple. Hannah, his mother, wanted to, um, wanted to have a child very badly and said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will dedicate him to your, your service full time. And the Lord opened up her womb, gave her Samuel... And she gave Samuel to the temple to serve full time. And he served with a linen ephod. That was the garments of a priest. And every year his parents came by and saw that Samuel continued growing in favor with God and with man. Meanwhile, while Samuel was raising up and and, and becoming a better and better person, a better servant of God, the priesthood was declining pretty rapidly with what was going on in the temple. Eli was the high priest and his two sons were the other priests, Hophni and Phinehas were their names. And they were described as sons of Belial. Belial literally means worthless sons. They were absolutely worthless as priests. They weren't content with their portion of the meat offering. They were supposed to have a certain portion of the meat, but they weren't content with it. So they would have a servant come along with a, with a trident and would dip that trident into the offering, the sacrifice. And whatever was on that trident became their portion, which was bluntly against the word of God. And they were robbing God of his portion. Not only that, but they were sleeping around with the women of the temple. And Eli evidently was a partaker of their thievery of the meat and ignorant of their fornication. But when he finally got word of what his sons were doing, his scolding of them is pretty gentle. He goes to them and says, sons, it's not so. Don't do this kind of thing. It should have been a lot more strict than that. And God was not happy with Eli's response to how they were treating God's God's temple. So God sends a nameless man of God. We never find out his name. Sends a man of God to Eli and tells him what, is, what God is going to do as a punishment. He tells him that his family would be uprooted as priests, that no man in his family would live past the prime of their life, and it would start with Hophni and Phinehas. Now keep that punishment in mind because that does play into our lesson today in chapter 3. So as the, as the priests were declining, Samuel was growing, and God was literally growing and preparing his next priest to take their place. God was raising up a new priest already through Samuel, even before their judgment had been passed. So today, let's read chapter number three. If you would stand with me in honor of God's word, we're going to read all of chapter number three. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, here am I for thou calledst me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down and the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever, for the iniquity which he knoweth Because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me, God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh, By the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your word that we can glean from it every single day and apply it to our lives. Be with me as I am preaching it. Have your Holy Spirit fill me and say what you have for me to say. And let our hearts be changed today. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. The Lord called Samuel in a time when God's word was rarely heard. This was a very dark time for Israel, a very dark time for the priests, when they weren't even hearing God's voice or God's word anymore. Verse 1 of this chapter starts us off with this grim truth about the condition of those times. The word of the Lord was precious in those days. That word precious means scarce or rare. It's a sad thing that even God's own people, the Israelites, were no longer hearing the word of the Lord. I find it interesting it wasn't just saying that the voice of the Lord wasn't being heard, but the very word of God. ...was no longer being heard. The ministers of God evidently were not doing their job. The priests were abusing of God's temple so badly... ...that people didn't even know what God said anymore. The priests didn't even follow their own laws. And perhaps many Israelites weren't either. There was no open vision anymore. The judges had all passed. The prophets no longer spoke... ...except for this one nameless prophet that came to Eli. There was no one who was hearing the voice of the Lord anymore... And it almost seemed as if God had abandoned Israel. All of this shows the preparation of God to put Samuel into his position. There was no open vision, so God would give open vision to Samuel. The word of the Lord was scarce, so God would speak to the people through Samuel. When there is a hole in a ministry, God will diligently raise up someone to fill that hole. God was working to raise up Samuel to be his priest and his prophet. And let me tell you, in the world, there are a lot of holes that God is looking to fill. All around the world, even right here in the United States, there are many people, many places that have never heard the gospel. Many places, especially around the world, where there's limited access or no access, God is diligently working to raise people and is calling people to those positions. And he's calling you to service. He's calling you even right here in Puyallup. Yes, I said it right. I'm a Washingtonian. He's calling you right here in Puyallup to preach the gospel to every single person. If you look at your life, look back at your life, you can see God's hand preparing the way for your ministry your entire life. While you're in the midst of something, in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a hard time, in the midst even of a great time, a great time of growth, a great time of closeness with God, you can look back and you can see so many parts of your life where God has been raising you and preparing you for service. And it's amazing as I've looked back at my life to see things I would have thought insignificant, that God has been diligently working on me. And now as I know my call from God and in all the preparation that he has for me, looking back, I see those little things as, so that's what you were doing. That's how you were preparing me. And it, it blows me away every time I think about it. It's amazing. Keep focus on what God is doing in your life. For Samuel, he did what he always did, which was serving in the temple. And Eli was growing old and Samuel slept nearby so he'd be able to hear the cry of his master Eli if he needed anything in the night. And as the story goes, as the candle in the temple went out that burnt in the night, Samuel lay in his bed trying to sleep. Now it's not entirely clear which candle this is. They say it's by the ark, but there was a candle that was by the ark that was supposed to be kept burning all night. So more than likely, this was actually a candle that the priests were once again failing in their their duties. Once again, they were just failing to do what they were supposed to do. They couldn't even keep a candle burnt all night. But it was during this time in the middle of the night that Samuel heard his name clearly spoken out in the darkness. Samuel. And it seems no one else heard this voice. He heard this audible voice calling out his name, clearly hearing his name spoken. There couldn't have been any mistake. It was dead of night. It was dead silent. No one would have been up. And the first time God calls, it's just his name. And Samuel mistook the voice of God for the voice of Eli... ...because he didn't know God as he was supposed to. And as the voice rang out in the night... ...he knew it must be Eli who's calling me. So he gets up and as a diligent servant... ...goes to Eli's side and says, you called me, here am I, you, you called for me. And Eli gave the response that every parent would give... ...if their child woke them up in the middle of the night... ...and they didn't call them. Just go back to sleep, I didn't call you. Just go back to sleep. Not but a moment later after Samuel lays back down... He hears that voice again in the middle of the night calling his name, Samuel. Certain this time it was Eli who called him. He sprang up out of his bed yet again. Same response, here am I. And once again, Eli tells him, just go back to sleep, I didn't call you. Perhaps Samuel was perplexed at this point. Why would Eli pull such a strange prank of calling him just to tell him he didn't really call him? Now, verse seven of this chapter intrigued me quite simply because it shows the position that even Samuel was in. Verse seven says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Eli had evidently instructed him in the priesthood, but forgot the most important lesson, God. So often people can get caught up in a ministry that they don't even remember the reason. They don't even remember the the person, the God that they're supposed to be serving. Samuel served in the temple, though he knew not the Lord. He just simply knew he was supposed to do it. And he did it without question. Whether he did it just because of Jewish culture or because of the teachings of Eli, we really don't entirely know. But serving in the temple was all that Samuel ever really knew. But the word of the Lord was so scarce that Samuel didn't even know the God he was supposed to be serving. How could Samuel be serving in the temple and never really know who God is? Well, if you look at the conditions of the temple, I'd say it was pretty obvious. The priests didn't think about whether God was involved or not. While they served in the temple, it was as if they told God to wait outside. I believe this is why the temple was going in such a wrong direction... ...because they no longer even cared if God was in it. The sacrifices of the temple were not about atonement. They were just something that the priests could profit from. The priests thought of themselves above the law... ...because people answered to them, not to God. They forgot their place as servants of God... ...and thought of themselves as the masters of the temple... And may the Lord help the ministry who is serving without God. Because it is impossible to serve without God. But I am so grateful for us today that we have the Holy Spirit who is constantly with us and constantly leading us. Let us never forget as we serve God to follow that prompting of the Holy Spirit wherever it leads us to go. Without God, really, what's the purpose? Without God in your ministry, there really isn't a purpose. If God isn't involved, then you're putting way too much effort into a task that you cannot do without God. Ministry is really against our flesh. And we cannot do it without God. May we never forget the most important part of our ministry, and that is God. Eli had failed to teach Samuel that most important thing. And when the next generation doesn't know, it's really the failure of the older generation. God has given us the task to continue propagating the gospel, to continue propagating the knowledge of God. And let me explain something to you. We're only really ever two generations away from the knowledge of God being completely extinct. And I'll explain that. Let's say this first generation knows God. Sure, there's a lot of people that know God. This first generation knows God. But for some reason, they never tell their children. They never tell their children, not a single person of this generation knows God. But then they have children... ...and the first generation passes away. Now all of a sudden, there is nobody on earth who knows God. That's a chilling thought. And it's why it's so important for us to teach the next generation about God. It's so important for us to propagate the gospel, to continue on the gospel... ...to tell everybody about the gospel... ...because only in two generations could the knowledge of God be extinct. I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit doesn't let that happen... ...and that God is still actively working in his people... But God has given us a divine task, a commission to tell everybody. Do not forget about that. It is the important duty of everyone who is alive today to pass on the knowledge of God. Lest the knowledge of God become extinct in our culture. God will be driven out not by, by us not passing on the truth about God. And we must instruct people on God. And we also need to tell people to know what God's voice sounds like. To be able to know what God's, what God's calling sounds like. And it's why the call of God is important to me because I want everyone here to know how to listen to God's voice and to follow his Holy Spirit's prompting. Teach your children what the voice of God sounds like and the gentle prompting of the Holy Spirit knocking at your heart's door so that they can know how they're supposed to respond when God calls them. Samuel evidently didn't know that God even spoke to people before. Evidently, he hadn't been taught the stories of his forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who heard the voice of God and knew his leading. But here the voice of God, the audible voice of God, was unmistakable to Samuel, and he could hear his very name being called. He just didn't know that God could speak to him. And Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord calls him a third time. As we're studying the passage today, I want us to know three proofs of God's calling. Three proofs that God is calling you. The first proof that we come to in this text... God will never stop calling you once he's called you. God will never leave you alone until you answer him. He called Samuel three times before Samuel even knew how to respond. When God calls someone, he won't even let them rest until they've answered God's call. This was my experience when I got my call from the Lord. I was was on fire with God and asked, Lord, what do you want me to do with the rest of my life? And he put the thought of missions on my heart. And it dominated my thoughts. It dominated me. And I I couldn't get it off my mind. I couldn't get it off my chest. For a whole week I was fasting and praying and asking God, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? And he would not let that thought of missions off of my heart. And the burden of missions. And people all around the world who've never heard the gospel. "I I need to go. And I knew I need to go. And I remember surrendering to God. And it was the most certainty, the most peace, the most joy I have ever experienced. It was the best thing. But God will not let you be. Once he's called you. And this was the case with Samuel. He kept calling his name until he answered. But I'll tell you the other side of that. God won't stop calling you. Even if you answer no. He wants you to answer yes. He wants you to do what he has for you. But if you answer no. That does not mean God's going to get off your back. And you could ask any, any missionary. Any person you know who has rejected the call of God. And they'll tell you really. It's been pretty miserable for them. You really can't run from God. You want proof of that? Look at the story of Jonah. Don't make God get a whale involved for you to answer him yes. God won't leave you alone, and he wouldn't leave Samuel alone either. So Samuel, like he normally was doing, went back to Eli. Now finally, Eli was catching on, so perhaps God is actually calling this child. Eli instructed Samuel to answer the Lord's call. Eli tells Samuel, go lay down. But this time, if you hear that voice again calling out your name... I want you to tell him speak Lord for thy servant heareth. Such a simple response God wanted. When God was calling Samuel he didn't need that much. He just needed someone who was willing to listen. When you answer God's call it doesn't really need to be anything complicated. doesn't really need to be anything super spiritual. All that God wants is your response. He calls Samuel's name and that was all that he needed from Samuel in response was permission to speak. Samuel answered the call of the Lord and the Lord immediately speaks to him. Samuel went back and lay down as he had before and the voice of God called out his name twice. Samuel, Samuel. That way there was no mistake whatsoever that God was calling to him. Now it's a powerful moment when God calls to Samuel and Samuel says speak. Note that he didn't say exactly what Eli had told him to say. He didn't say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. He said, just speak for thy servant heareth. He still didn't fully know the Lord. He he, he still really didn't. But God was ready to call him in spite of any of his shortcomings. In reality, God is going to call you whether you're ready for him or not. It's why it's important that you grow spiritually in the Lord... Every moment, so that you will be ready for when God calls you. And let me illustrate it this way. Let's say this moment right here is when you get saved. Right here, step one. You got saved, you called on Jesus to be your Lord and personal Savior. Now let's say, over here, is God calls you to be a missionary. We'll use that as the extreme example, let's say. God calls you to be a missionary, clear, cut, open, I'm going to be a missionary. So we start over here, on our journey, on our spiritual journey... And I just got saved. And really, I don't do all that much more. I'm saved, I'm a Christian, and I'm just gonna wait right here comfortably. And then God calls me right here to be a missionary. What's that gonna look like? A lot of catching up to get over here. But now watch this I get saved, I'm reading my Bible, I'm going to church. I'm praying. I'm regularly feeding my spirit. I'm seeing people saved. I go out door knocking. I'm actively seeking and pursuing the Lord. I'm learning and I'm growing every day. And now God calls me and says, I want you to be a missionary. Wasn't that easier? Wasn't that so much easier? When you're growing in the Lord and continually growing in the Lord... And being active in your walk with God and not just staying at, I got saved and that's my ticket to heaven. It is so much easier when God calls you to step right into that role he has for you. Be diligent in your Bible reading, in your prayer. Be faithful to church. Be growing spiritually through listening and letting the, letting the sermons, letting the messages change your heart. So the moment that God calls you and you know with certainty that God is calling you to a task, you're ready to step right into that role. Now God will equip you. God won't leave you alone. I've heard it said before, he doesn't necessarily call the equipped, he equips the call. But I'll tell you, it's so much easier to step into God's will when he has been equipping you your whole life. Continue on that journey. Continue to grow spiritually for that moment when God calls you. No matter your shortcomings, God will call you when he needs you. So work now to be ready for then. Like he called Moses who pulled out every excuse in the book why he shouldn't be called. God still used him in spite of his supposed shortcomings. God will call you even if you don't feel like you're ready. And you may not even be ready. But God will call you and use you. And all he wants is for you to say yes. He will use you and he will take time to condition you and to train you. Have confidence that God will equip you if he calls you. You're not left to do this on your own. God will give you all of the strength, all of the wisdom, all of the resources you need if you are a willing vessel for him to use. And the works of Samuel that followed this event are truly historic and extraordinary. And all that, that God needed was for Samuel to say, Speak for your servant heareth." Do not silence the Lord, but always open your heart to whatever the Lord has to say to you. And he will reveal what his will is to you. God spoke to Samuel the very things that he had told to Eli would happen to his family. You know, he didn't really tell Samuel much more than he already had told Eli in the previous chapter. Samuel had told more or less the Samuel is told more or less the exact same thing that this nameless prophet told to Eli. It was it was parallel. It was the exact same thing that God had said, which leads to our second proof that God is calling you. It will never contradict scripture. God's will will always line up with his revealed word. And I truly do believe that is why God sent this man of God before him to tell Eli what would happen to his family first. So that when God called Samuel, he would know that this lines up with what God is saying. The call of God will never be contrary to his own word. In this case, God tells Samuel what he has already revealed to Eli. But now Samuel is scared because of what Eli might think. Samuel has no idea that God has already told Eli these very things. For the call of the prophet, hearing the word of the Lord was the first part, but revealing it and saying it was the next part. Samuel's received the first part of his call. He's received the message. Now it's his duty to do it. And in the next few verses, Eli f- forces Samuel essentially ...to tell him exactly what God had said. You know, God tends to put the servants who answer his call... ...in situations where they're more or less forced... ...to do what God told them to do, what they said yes to do. Samuel knew the word of the Lord that he had said to him... ...but he was scared to reveal it for fear of what Eli would think. But in the morning, Eli comes to Samuel and says... ...hey, what did God say to you last night? And tell me everything, don't leave anything out... ...lest God do it more so to you. Well, that wouldn't have gone over so well for Samuel... That all of his descendants would be cut off. No more priests. No, and they'd all be cut off before the prime of their life. It wouldn't go so well for Samuel. So Samuel tells Eli everything. Tells him all that God had said. And it's amazing how when God calls a person to do something. He's already prepared the people to hear what he has to say. Samuel had no idea that Eli already knew this. But God wanted him to say it anyway someone is ready to hear what God has to say because God's been working on people for a very long time. And we have no idea really who God has been working on for a long time. Think of somewhere in the world, some person is seeking out God. And the Bible says, seek me and you will find me. And someone out in the world somewhere that has nobody realizes there's got to be a creator and I want to know who he is. And so what does God do? He calls a missionary. He sends a preacher. He sends someone to tell them about Jesus. It's why he calls missionaries. Someone somewhere needs to hear about God. And God has already been working so diligently on their heart. And they're so ready to hear about God, about Jesus who loves them so much. And it's why we need to tell everyone we encounter about the gospel even here in the United States because we have no idea who God has been working on or where they are in their walk. Your task as servants of God is not to question God or to fear what people are going to think about what you have to say but to faithfully say what God has told you to say. And really we need to tell everyone because we have no idea where that person who crosses our path is. We have no idea how God's been working on that person whose door we've been knocking on. He may be at the exact moment where he realizes I cannot do this life on my own and he needs God and that moment honestly could pass in a minute. But God puts people exactly where he needs them to be. If you really think about it and it's a hard thought that even strikes me when I think about it. Can you think of opportunities you know you missed? a heart-wrenching thought how many people did God put me in place to tell them the gospel that I didn't who may never have that chance again that's a harsh reality because there's a lot of people I can think of a few right off the top of my head of people I know the Holy Spirit was prompting me go and tell that person about me and I said no that's a hard thought that's a harsh reality But we need to trust that God puts you somewhere on purpose and do not be afraid to do what God has called you to do. He's been preparing a work specifically for you. I believe that God had told Eli first so Samuel would know exactly who God is. And Samuel was able to prove himself immediately as a prophet just by simply stating what the proven man of God had already said. And Eli himself now knew for sure from the mouth of two witnesses that what God said was going to happen. You can know the calling of God because it will always line up with Scripture. What exactly does that mean? It means that God isn't going to tell you to do something he's already said not to do. And contradicting Scripture, you know, admittedly, that's one of Satan's favorite tactics... ...is contradicting Scripture. Perhaps that's why there's so much confusion on the call of God today... ...because Satan is so crafty at twisting it. He specializes in twisting Scripture. He even tried to tempt Jesus by twisting Scripture... He'll probably try to get you all mixed up as well so that you don't know what God's calling sounds like. So it's important to be a student of the scriptures so that if God is calling you, you know what it looks like. You know what God's revealed word says. Continuing on in our story, the third proof that we find at the end of this chapter is that it will be obvious to all men. When God calls you, it will be obvious to all men. The, the, the passage says all men in Israel knew from onward that Samuel was called to be a prophet of God. When God calls someone, it becomes obvious to them and everyone around them. Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and he kept the words of the Lord from that time onward in a way that obviously stuck out to people. As people came to the temple, there was something different here. Hophni and Phinehas, they were useless. But here was Samuel who was actually saying what God said who is actually teaching God, who is actually being a priest and a prophet. And all people from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that he was established to be a prophet. It was like saying everyone in Washington from Bellingham all the way down even to Portland, all the way from Seattle to Spokane, everybody knew that Samuel was called to be a prophet of God. It was obvious to everyone. Everyone across the whole nation who came to Shiloh to make sacrifices saw Samuel and knew that guy is a prophet of God. And the Lord revealed himself again and again to Samuel from that day onward. And now Samuel knew the Lord. He knew the Lord like he never had before. You really want to know the Lord? Seek out his will and do what he says. And God will reveal himself to you so vividly. It's the best thing you can do is to answer the call of God for your life. Whatever that may be. God's call to Samuel is a very unique story the likes of which we really don't hear of again. Perhaps the big question on your mind today is, what exactly does the call of God sound like? And I'll admit, I can't say exactly what the call of God sounds like. Because he does call in a variety of ways. Here for Samuel, he spoke audibly. For Moses, he did a burning bush. I've never known anyone was called out of a burning bush besides Moses. He had an open vision for Isaiah. God calls people in such a variety of ways. I can't tell you for certain exactly what God's voice sounds like for you. My call is different from my wife's call. It's different from her father's call. It's different from her grandfather's call. I can't say exactly how it is, but there are so many ways that God calls that you need to pay attention I don't know anyone who's personally heard the audible voice of God. Well, because it doesn't happen anymore. I know people who have heard the closest thing they can imagine to it. It may just be a thought that never leaves your mind. Something you you, you can't get out of your thoughts. Something dominating your whole life. It may be a, a gut feeling like, man, I really need to do this. And you question, is this just me or is this the Holy Spirit? And God just makes it more and more obvious to you. It may be revealed just through your Bible reading. And a certain passage sticks out about the burden of the mission field across the world. God calls in such a variety of ways. I can only tell you how he called me. But these principles remain the same no matter how God calls you. God won't leave you alone. It will always line up with scripture. And it will be obvious to all men. God is calling laborers today. If you don't know if it's God's voice, ask someone who does know what God's voice sounds like and they might be able to help you sift through the confusion. They can help you distinguish that still small voice of God speaking to you. If you know God is calling you, answer him today and answer yes. He won't leave you alone until you answer him. Be open to whatever it is that the Lord has to say to you. Do not hold back whatever he says. The day you accept the call of God is a great Day. And I'll tell you one thing, if you've never clearly heard God's specific call, he is always calling for you to be a faithful servant. And one other aspect too, I believe that God is also calling for people to volunteer. I'll give you an example. The call of Isaiah, you know God did not go to Isaiah and say, here I'm going to send you to do this. But in Isaiah's vision, he saw God asking, who will go for me? And what was Isaiah's response? here am I, send me. Be willing to be a volunteer to whatever God needs. Be willing to be that messenger who says, here am I, send me. And let me tell you, that joy and that confidence that floods your life is overwhelming. Surrender to God today if you are being called. Answer the call of God wherever that may be, in whatever capacity, there is no task that is too great or too small. Leading one person to the Lord and having a full ministry in Indonesia are just as great in the sight of the Lord. Be faithful to whatever God calls you to do. He's calling you to serve him today. Let's pray. Lord Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the things we can learn from the story of Samuel. If people are being called today I hope this brings some enlightenment as to, as to what to look for, what to listen for. And I pray, Lord, that people would surrender to you today, that people would surrender to the ministry, surrender to service, surrender to be faithful servants to whatever capacity you have for them. Don't let people say no, but prompt all of our hearts to say yes when your Holy Spirit calls us. We love you, Lord, and we're here to serve you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.